Before we get into the show, I just wanted to say from the cast of DND Raw that we hope you are safe and well. The health and safety of our listeners is our top priority, and we want to make sure that we do our part to help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Now, better known as coronavirus, this disease has spread throughout the world. There are a few ways to help lower the spread of this respiratory disease. Wash your hands, avoid touching your face, including mouth, nose, and eyes, and cover your coughs and sneezes. Monitor your symptoms and consult with your doctor. Stay home and away from other sick people except for medical care. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov COVID-19. For the podcast, we plan to continue releasing episodes on our regular schedule and keep recording new adventures with our characters remotely. You can also send letters to Leuven at dm at dndraw.com right now. More details on that during the episode. If you enjoy the adventures of our characters in Ostia and our show about the rules for 5th edition, support us on Patreon. For just $1 a month, you will get exclusive content and updates. If you're interested in a look behind the curtain of how we keep track of all of our quests, we are going to be releasing our player's to-do list document for each session to all patrons going forward. This includes our plans for which characters need to have a heart-to-heart, what letters are they writing to family at home, and which NPCs can't be trusted. Beyond that, higher tiers get DM's notes, bloopers from our episodes, and to add an item or NPC to a D&D Raw episode. We are especially grateful to our producer tier patrons who listen to our audio before anyone else to give feedback and shape the final episode. We want to give a special thanks to Johnny Torres for serving as a producer on this episode. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. Next week will be Rumble Squad episode 33. Join us now for Serviceable Plots episode 46. The beginning of the reckoning. And with me today are the following players. Hi, I'm Bethany, and I'll be playing Belinda Walsingham, the half-elf awakened mystic. Hi, this is Adam, and I will be playing Akiva Khonshu, the Shadar Kai Hexblade Warlock. Hi, I'm Jane, and I'm playing Nissa Turin, the gnome arcane trickster rogue. Hi, I'm Mike, and I'm playing Scribner Shannon Whitecliff, the human rogue fighter. Hi, I'm Giuseppe, and I'll be playing Valen Blackwater, an Azimar monk paladin. Last time, the party regrouped and debriefed each other on their encounter with the Whispered Ones. Needing to put this out of their minds, the party then began focusing their attention on the upcoming confrontation in the Abyss, and to their surprise and pleasure, Valen returned from his own personal quest with a promise to aid in the Abyss. With the party gathering their resources together, they prepared to go to sleep for the evening before the most dangerous job of their lives. I will very quickly... Uh, as we're all like retiring for the night, I'm going to just say a quick little message to Umbra. I hope you're ready for tomorrow. <laughs> Roll charisma for me. Total of 20. You just get the voice. I am excited to have my memories back. I am ready, Akiva. As am I. We'll get you your memories. So, you all get a long rest. Nothing else happens during the night. And you leave before dawn. You guys... Proceed to the Regent Seat District. And I'm in disguise really quickly as we're making our way there. Oh, uh, what are you disguised as? So, Valen, uh, at some point while we're getting ready, you will look over 
and you will suddenly see Bistan in my armor. Why? Why? <laughs> I am currently being hunted by the Staff Federation. But him. At first, I was I was a kind farmer that I met when I first arrived in the Material Plane, but then we started doing some stuff and I was like, maybe I should not implicate my friend. So I switched it to Bistan, who we can implicate him a little bit, it's fine. You know, that's sound logic. I figured it was the lesser of two evils. Yep, yep. Yes, he actually did his own version of Bistan's show. As a distraction. As a distraction. It was terrible. Sorry, Akiva. Well, no, then he did it correctly. Exactly. Unfortunately, I had to subject Belinda to that play twice now. I'm a different person now. I'm, I'm sorry. Genuinely. There's no looking back, only forward. You are escorted to the Nathandom residence as you proceed through the various hallways and corridors that make up the majority of this wing of the Adamantine Palace. You're brought to the receiving room uh, that you had been in once before. You arrive in the room uh, where various motifs of the rising sun can be seen in the various states of artwork along the walls. Uh, most of the space in the middle, which had been taken up by various tables and chairs, are all pushed to the side and you notice the large windows that face the east as only just now the first couple of little rays of light are starting to appear. People are speaking um, to each other as you enter and there are acknowledgements from several of the people there. You do notice in the room, you see Darwin, first of all. He seems to be speaking with Zolus uh, as you arrive and there are 10 other people who seem to be preparing to go as well as uh, there are several individuals who are wearing some very nice studded leather armor with thin blades at their side, but no other ornamentation on them, as well as several members of the Royal Guard and several Staff Federation members. I will mention very quickly, uh, once we're at the Nathanum residence, if once my disguise self is up, I'm not going to re reapply it because I don't need to in here. People know who you are in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Darvin will initially greet you. Uh, you also do notice Zinevir. Alinus Serpenthelm, Olga Marsk, Sildan, as well as uh, a couple of dwarves who seem to be representing the Thessan Kingdom, a few high elves that seem to be representing uh, Solana in this endeavor. Darwin quickly mentions to you that there will be a total of 16 of you that will be traveling to the Abyss for this expedition. You will be the primary members for the retrieval, while the rest of them will be focusing on the eight-hour cast and protection during that time to help destroy Tenebris. We're the B team, they're the A team. No, they're not intending to like, like the big thing is you guys, what you're doing is to them, to Darwin at least, just as important as just killing Tenebris because Darwin is really wants this information. Okay, so A1 and A2. <laughs> Adam really wants to understand where we are in this hierarchy. <laughs> it's important, okay? When you do arrive, you do see Sildan and Olga Marsk are talking. Um, as you do know that they are, that she is his granddaughter. How's it going? Sildan seems really happy to see her. She looks like she's trying not to be fond of her. Is he like booping her? Like? Oh, it seems like she was already here. So maybe he already did the smacks on the cheek and the, the head to head. And But as you arrive, Darvin is gathering a few things. And you see some of the uh, other guards are gathering a few items and come over to you. We are providing you with a variety of potions that might aid you in your quest and a couple of magic items, a ring of spell storing containing the dimension door spell, and a rope of climbing. So you have that gun, right? Oh yeah. I don't know how well it works on demons. The hope is we don't have to find out how effective it is on demons. 
Hopefully. Well, especially because from what you guys have told me, it's it's very loud. So if we do have to use it, it could cause even more demons to come after yeah, us. Yes, it's very, very loud. Okay. All right. So the last few things we have that can be consumed, we've got these two, I think these are called grenades. I've never actually seen them in person until now, but they're very explosive. I'd like one, please. Okay. I will take one in case of emergency. So alchemist fire. Yes, that I acquired these as well. I think you just throw them and it sets people on fire and they have to put it out. That does not seem like something that would be good for me. Akiva, you did surprisingly well last time we handed you fire. At the same time, I think it would be better suited in Nissa and Valen's hands. I would probably just default to probably just default to my spells, though. Okay. I would say Nissa and Scriv. Nissa, you want to take two and Scriv, you want one? Yes. Yeah, please. Thank you. So we've gone through all the things that could be consumed. We still have these two potions of necrotic resistance I'm just leaving in the bag of holding in case we need them. But there's these two magic items, the rope of climbing and the ring of spell storing. I don't think I have a great use for either because I don't do spells and I don't climb things. Thoughts? I mean, I'll, I'll take the rope because I can actually climb, therefore I can secure it to things faster. Nissa could take the ring of spell storing. I think the ring would be better for Akiva. Well, I'm thinking about it. Currently it has the spell Dimension Door, as Darwin said. It can't really hold much more arcane energy than that right now. I think it might be better suited for you. I already have a way of teleporting out, so if things get bad, it might be beneficial for you to have it. Post that, maybe we trade it between us, but I think for now, the Dimension Door would really come in handy for you. Okay. Okay, then I guess we have everything divvied up okay. Throughout the hour, since you in order also so that you can attune to the various items you would like to attune or reattune to, various people that are going will go up to you and talk to you. Zinevere will speak to you briefly, Belinda, and give a little note to you, Scriv, of perhaps my adventuring days are not quite over. Olga Marsk uh, will approach each of you to greet you and uh, thank you, Belinda, for putting in the good word for her. You seem like you'd be a great asset to the Empire. I hope you take the job. Hopefully this proves my loyalties to the Empire, and that I will do a good job. Most people don't go through a trial quite like this. They just sort of fill out an application and go through some mild tests. Considering my family history, bigger displays are better. Yes, we, we met some of your family. She looks over her shoulder at Sildan, who is just waves. Um, at some point, Sildan will also approach you, Gal, and lightly tap your cheek. Except for you, Valen, which he will uh, just greet normally. So the various people that you do know will greet you. You do see the various, the three dwarves that represent the Thessan kingdom, kind of gathering their armor and preparing. Um, one of them uh, actually is a half-dwarf. He's wearing the uh, symbol to Arlios on his shield, just so you're aware. Does she give him the stink eye? Yep. Do we notice her giving him the stink eye? <laughs> I'm not hiding it. <laughs> the various Hylds of Solana are wearing robes, and they all seem to be wizards, but they are preparing. There is a brief moment as everyone else starts to quiet down. Darvin stands where his throne normally would be, or where he's receiving, uh, where he would receive people. This is only the beginning of the reckoning. This is only the first sip, the first foretaste of a bitter cup which will be proffered to us year by year, unless by a supreme recovery of moral health and martial vigor we arise again and take our stand for freedom as in the olden time. We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in the abyss. We shall fight on the mountains. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. 
We shall defend our realm. Whatever the cost may be, we shall fight. In the darkened summits, we shall fight. In the rotten region, we shall fight. In the streets of Zudreth, we shall fight in the miasma cloud. We shall never surrender. You all get 25 temp HP. Hey. Darwin will go around. Uh, you see him cast uh, the death ward on a couple people, including you, Belinda. Thank you. But he will kind of gather everybody around and just... Uh, Zolus will say a small prayer to Vimera for all of you. And just basically, now, I want you all to come back. All right? You're going to be fine. I'm not going to become the royal cleric. Everything will go well. Here's hoping. We'll do our best. You know we always do. All right. We'll celebrate when you get back. Darwin starts to gather people. Uh, Zinevere starts to gather eight people around her. Darwin kind of gathers all of you. And uh, he goes, all right. Zinevere and her team will go first. She'll return. And then I will take us. Is everyone ready? As we can be, I think. Yeah. Zinevere will just nod slightly and have the tuning fork in her hand. And I suppose I'll see you in the best then. She got uh, hold hands with the eight other people and they shift for a moment and disappear from view. A moment later, she reappears. Well, shall we? And she holds her arms out so that you may all clasp hands. All right. Do not break the connection while we travel. The air is thin. Be prepared for that. It's not comfortable. She begins the incantation. Once she begins intoning, I'm going to, the first time in a very long time, actually make a silent prayer to Ashenai. Take a nice deep breath of Orenthal's air. Savor it. You feel your body's yanked, almost as if you are moving at extreme speeds, pulled and pulled and pulled, and then suddenly it stops. The air is thin. It's difficult to breathe. That's the first thing you notice. There is air, but you find yourselves amidst the homes of what appears to be a long forgotten city. Ancient crumbled stonework can be seen all around you. Ash-gray clouds fill the dark sky above you with the only source of light being a large, dull, red moon. There is a stillness and a quietness to the area you're in, broken only occasionally by the people around you and the sounds of shuffling feet echoing off the various walls. Occasional buzzing sound can be heard in the distance overhead, and the streets stretch off in all directions around you. Looking just above the buildings, you also notice the large mountain range that circles the city and a single building that rises above the rest as you notice the obsidian walls that surround Tenebris' dark palace. You are in the rotten region. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Zudrath. And now, a brief message from Leuven. Hi, I'm Leuven Cromdell. It goes without saying that I love partying and meeting new people. And, like most adventurers, I also have the good fortune of perfect health. But for the sake of those of us who are more vulnerable to COVID-19, I'm committing to social distancing as much as possible until this crisis has passed. I hope you'll join me and become my pen pal in the meantime. Just, you know, please don't lick the envelope. Thanks. Hey, this is Nick, the player for Leuven Cromdell. During these troubled times, we here at D&D Raw are keenly aware of the importance of entertainment media to help all of us get through. It is in this spirit that we're expanding the Nebersol network to include sending spells through electronic mail. Would you like to write a letter to Leuven? Well, now you can. Please address your letter to dm at dndraw.com, and Tony will make sure your message gets where it needs to go. Thank you. All right. Uh, give me but a moment. Zinevere, you can... She says, yes, give me a moment. 
and she begins to cast a spell and goes, They are in the position. Can you find us and get to us? We should begin to move towards the palace. We will meet up with Master Demean in but a few moments. And the group starts to head towards the palace. Darvin looks back at the rest of you and just, Are you alright? Nod. Alright, let's go. And you begin to walk. It's very unsettling quiet here. The sound of just the rustling of your own clothes feels loud to you in this landscape. Fortunately, your boots make no sound as you walk across the uneven, broken ground. So, Tony, how different is this from being in the Shadowfell at home? There are aspects that are familiar. The the sense of quietness, the like uneasy feel of just the negative energy around you. Okay. The one thing that's different is there is almost a crushing sensation of just bloodlust. Yeah, so it's almost like instead of the absence of emotion, it's more like there's an overwhelming sense of rage. Very much so. I'm going to go ahead and snap Lazarus out, but I'm actually going to keep him on my shoulder, just kind of checking around, alerting me, because the set of eyes is always good. Okay. So he's just on your shoulder? For now. I'll just communicate to our group telepathically. I think we should communicate this way as much as possible to diminish the sound of our own voices because I don't know about you, but I'm hearing my own breathing echoing in my ears and it's very unsettling. Agreed. Yeah. You guys continue to follow the streets that head towards the dark palace of the uh, of the rotten region to never seat of power. I would like to be on the lookout as well as have Lazarus be on the lookout, please. <laughs> Just make a perception check for me. Fifteen. Seven. 25. Natural 20, so 20. Only an 11. And then I would like stealth checks from all of you because you are trying to move quietly and you all have advantage. 18. 13. 18. 12. 15. You guys are proceeding along. You notice uh, two of the Salon and elves seem to be on high alert and are occasionally casting what looks like illusion magic uh, down a couple of side streets. Nissa. Belinda and Akiva, as you see them start to cast some of those spells, you, you're rounding the corner and knowing it's an illusion, you see through it and you see hordes of undead a few hundred feet down the road, but it seems like they're using the illusion to kind of block their field of view of you. I would like to take note and use this for the future. That is a good idea. Mm-hmm. As you proceed along, uh, occasionally you hear someone like kick a few stones that you hear seems louder to you the clack 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 as it tumbles to the side sorry 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 but doesn't seem like you attract much attention continue to go when nissa and belinda you kind of start to hear a little ways off laughter and it's slowly approaching and it sounds like multiple voices over each other yeah, I will say this out loud, since I seem to benefit those around us who I cannot telepathically link. I think that sounds like a cackle storm, which is demonic laughter on a breeze. I think we should plug our ears to make sure it doesn't affect us, but it means we can't hear each other. Okay. So you all start to plug your ears. The half-dwarf in armor kind of holds a hand up for everyone to, to stop for a minute as he's doing the same, and he just seems to be, like, focusing attention and then gestures forward again for everyone to continue to move. It doesn't affect you, but you do feel this, like, waft of air start to cross you as, you know, it gets much chillier for a brief moment. And though muffled, there are the occasional bits of 
chuckles and laughter that sound crazed. Almost seems like it's all around you, but fortunately it is very muffled and there's few moments as you are proceeding cautiously, eventually the sound seems to fade. The wind itself seems to kind of die down. A minute or two later you see the uh, the half-dwarf kind of unplug one ear cautiously and then gesture for everyone else to do the same. And you continue moving and moving. The palace itself, as much as you've been walking, doesn't seem like it's actually getting any closer, but you know you've been walking for a while. And after... About 20-30 minutes, you notice a lone figure kind of stepping out from one of the side alleys, one of the side roads, start to approach the party. Nissa, you recognize Demi. For the rest of you, uh, he is uh, about average height, human man. Uh, he's wearing a very rough and torn cloak, uh, studded leather armor. He's got two swords on his side and a bow in hand. You see an arrow is also knocked, but not drawn. Uh, you notice a mess of light brown hair about shoulder length, green eyes, and dark brown skin as he starts to approach the group. Cautiously, his eyes are darting, though, every which way. He looks stressed. Uh, you see a few like little nicks and scrapes uh, across his face as well, by the way. This is the whole group. Uh, looks at everybody. Darvin, yes, this is all of us. Do you have a, a safe space for us? Or safe-ish, rather. So, we have a couple of options. I know you need to get into the palace. I don't know the whole layout, but at least I've scouted a little. Easiest way here now is a drawbridge, but I created sort of a makeshift bridge myself that I can pull across. Depends how good everyone can balance. And he's looking at the whole group. And one of the salon announces, like, Please, I am an expert at traversal. It is of no concern. We can all get across easily enough. Sorry, how, how large a gap is this? It's a 30-foot gap. Oh, okay. That's not insurmountable. It's not bad, but if you've got ways of getting across, across easier, that would, well, help. Don't try to climb any walls. Don't touch the walls. The walls can grab you. Wait, what? Y yeah, the walls, I don't know what it's made out of. It looks like obsidian, but they... Nissa. He kind of, like, fully recognizes that it's you for the first time. Oh, hey, fancy bumping to you down here. <laughs> Hi. Is Erin okay? She's fine, don't worry. Okay, good. Sorry, was not expecting you in the abyss, but I'm glad you're okay. Yeah, you too. So the walls, they grab people. Yes. So it seems from the walls themselves, like, almost hands come out to try and restrain people and keep them there. Is there a regular patrol that comes around and grabs people? It depends how high you get. Sometimes I think the walls have a mind of their own and likes to grab people high up so the chasm demons can take care of you. Okay, then. So your way across, how does that get us past the walls? So there is a break in the wall. We can get slip in that way. It's easier for someone a little dexterous, but... Well, considering you have casters here, I guess it's not too bad. Past that, uh, there's a couple of entrances we can take. The back entrance tends to have a lot more cannons trained on it. Well, we can try and slip away that way. The front entrance, fewer cannons. And I've been known to be able to distract guards sometimes. One of the Solanos. Uh, do you know how thick the walls of the palace are? We have ways of entering in that way. 
And I can't imagine very thick. What? I can cast a pass wall to get us all through. It's of no concern. Simply get us to a wall behind which is a room that you are aware of. Kind of looks confusing. Yeah. All right. I guess that can work. At least get us past the main guards at the front gate. We'd prefer not to go in by the main gate. There's a couple of issues on the inside from what I've gone through. There is one place inside that could be relatively safe. Yeah, I heard it's an eight-hour cast of this ritual. Darwin just nods. Okay, well, there's a place inside that is seldom used. It's referred to as an entertainment room, but basically they practice spells on, well, whatever they want to practice on for the entertainment of Tenebris. Safer place would be outside, but and he looks at the whole group again. I know some are going to the library, so I guess how close <laughs> does everyone want to get? Darwin just, I would like to be as close as possible to our team that is acquiring the tomes necessary for our future research. So inside would probably be better. And an odds like So who uh, who am I leading through to the library? That'd be us. We raise hands like school children. Yeah. So, I've mostly seen deathlocks in the palace. Seems to be the most common uh, undead there. If you could sneak up on them, real easy to take out, but there are demons there too. We have some experience with deathlocks. Good. So at least you know what you're getting into. Okay. You see, he's, he's a little jittery, but it could just be prolonged exposure to being down. Yeah, is he okay? Can I, like, try to see if he's alright? Because we know that spending time down here causes madness. Yes. Uh, you can go ahead and roll an insight check, anyone who would like to. 15. 20. 17. 21. 26. It seems mostly he is stressed out. Um, you know the primary effect of being in the abyss is a sense of bloodlust. And while he's stressed and looks, maybe he, he might be a bit paranoid? Because um, you do notice the occasional, like, quick look over his shoulder as he's talking, but you're not getting any sense of bloodlust or anything like that, which is the the norm of uh, a sign that the abyss is slowly corrupting the person. Okay. So he seems like he's been able to resist that effect so far. Well, um, I know there is a magical defensive maze in there. The space, of course, is not actually as big as it seems. It looks like Stairs crossing in odd, unnatural angles. Uh, it's a matter of just kind of traversing and figuring it out as you go. Uh, that's one of the biggest defenses, just getting in. And so many deathlocks traverse the area who just know the path already. That makes it can make it tricky. Um, I haven't been too far past that point because of how difficult it is to traverse as it is. But we will need to go through there if we want to get to the library. Then we'll be going through there. The entertainment room is just off the side of that maze. I guess they're not too worried about anyone who gets up to that point because they'll get trapped in the maze and they can get captured and then they can be the entertainment, I think is the idea. Well, the maze isn't actually designed, right? It's more incidental from the ruins of the structures? I believe it's magical spells cast upon it. It basically looks like stairs that lead straight up, but not just one set of stairs. It's stairs under stairs, across from stairs... Basically, that's what it will look like. It just looks like stairs, but that what you're seeing is not what it fully is. It's supposed to mess with your whole mind. It's it's some sort of spell he crafted on that as a defensive measure to confuse anyone trying to get to his his throne, who wasn't led. But 
I've traveled once or twice. I'm fairly confident in my abilities, especially with some help. We'll follow your lead. Alright, this way. And he will start to head towards the palace. So, you guys, thanks to some really good stealth checks as well, uh, start to head across and are able to avoid the various undead with the salon and casters continually putting up what looks like silent image spells in order to help block the lines of sight. Uh, There is one point you start to hear this high-pitched droning sound coming from overhead and uh, that demean kind of just like gestures everybody like get low and after a moment or two you see these very large insectoid looking demons look like massive mosquitoes fly right overhead but like 15 feet in length with like two front spindly arms and a long proboscis and they just like pass right overhead you see dozens of them passing above the city when told to get down i instantly get down yeah i'm already pretty down but okay (laughs) no chances but they do a pass overhead and there's a moment or two that's the bean kind of just keeps the hand up to indicate like don't move yet as the droning slowly fades further and further there was a moment as they were just overhead that your thoughts started to get a little fuzzy it seems like proximity to these things and that droning sound might have an adverse effect on you depending on how close you get oh boy that's fun for another moment sound dissipates and you continue to head towards the wall you do see now suddenly you are getting closer to this palace uh there's a couple of points that demean seems to lead you down a side path that is not directly approaching and when he turns back towards the palace you do seem a lot closer it seems like there is a magical effect that is trying to inhibit people from just approaching the palace directly demean being down here as long as he has might have picked up a trick or two whatever he's being paid it's not enough yeah he's doing real good yeah so you do notice now, much closer, the large wooden drawbridge that marks the entrance to the palace itself. The walls that circle around. Currently, the drawbridge is lowered. You do notice two whites that are guarding the drawbridge from the other side. So along the walls, you see several cannons that are aimed at various intervals across the moat that surrounds the palace itself. And there are several undead that seem to be walking atop these walls, uh, one stationed at each of these cannons at least. Demean is proceeding along the, where the moat is, rather than heading directly towards the drawbridge. As you guys get closer and closer to the moat, you can see just below the lip of uh, the drop a sickly greenish-gray fog. That just seems to be all across this moat, which, based off of the descriptions you were given... My asthma cloud. Yeah, my asthma cloud. We know causes pit lung. We really don't know much about pit lung, but it sounds very bad. Yes, pit lung can cause uh, you to basically consistently visualize images of horror and betrayal that slowly drain away your sanity. We're going to where Demean found the, the gap or whatever. Yeah, so he's circling around till you find, you notice a uh, crack in the wall that you could slip under and through. Might be a tight squeeze for some, but it's a 30 foot gap. And as you, as Demean's mentioning, okay, so this is what I was able to find. The Solanin elf who had spoken earlier goes, 
but a moment and holds his hand up and kind of does a little bit like that Doctor Strange thing where he draws a circle in the air and you see appear in front of him a misty kind of portal as you see mists kind of appear on the other side of the moat and, and you looking in you kind of can see like the wall looks a lot closer if you're looking at the portal and just you may step through and the salon and elves proceed in and they suddenly seem to be on the other side step through oh yeah now walking walking right through yeah it feels like you are literally just walking taking a step through this portal it's cold but now you're on the other side and looking back you just see the the mist cover the, the portal from this side. Yeah. I'll, I'll ask uh, the elf, what spell is that? It's Arcane Gate. It's a way of getting across distances quickly. However, I need to have a visual on what I am trying to get through. Useful. I am a traversal expert. As you mentioned. I was brought for this very purpose in the case of getting through such things, but if we may. Well, it's wonderful. We can all fulfill our true purpose in life. I give a very sardonic look to Belinda. It is hidden by my goggles of night. He'll look back and just go, well, hopefully you have the uh, investigative skills to find what you're looking for and accomplish your true purpose. Oh, I hate this guy so much. I'm going to let him have the last word. I'm not, I'm not trying to pick a fight with him. More interested in how old this place is. It's old. It's real. How old is it compared to the ruins below Silverkeep? Make an intelligence check, because you've never seen this architectural style before. 21. The palace itself seems like it's older than the ruins beneath Silverkeep. The city around it, based off of the destruction, it was destroyed sometime after those ruins. That's a lot of history. <laughs> All right, so we're, we're across now. Yes. Demine is kind of ducking low to get through the crack in the wall, and he's being really careful to avoid touching the wall as much as possible as he kind of gets on his belly and slips through the space. There's a brief moment you think you see a shimmer on the wall as if it moved slightly, but nothing seems to happen. I will follow his lead and attempt to not touch the walls. We will move cautiously, I think. It seems to be the thing. I would like dex checks from everybody. 10. 21. 22. 21. 15. Nissa is able to slide through. Could be a little bit of nervousness from like seeing the wall shimmer the way it did. And there's a moment as Nissa is crawling behind Demine that she brushes a bit of the side of the wall, and you all see like like skeletal looking hand made of what seems like obsidian start to jut out, but Nissa is through before anything else happens and it recedes back. Scriv, you're able to slide through with no problem. You are used to traversing small enclosed spaces very well. You're able to help slide Belinda across. Belinda seems to be doing very well to get through on her own. Though you help her the rest of the way. I'm having flashbacks to that time I tried to crawl into the cave, and I'm like, focus. <laughs> this is so much better than last time. So much better. Akiva also does very well. Slides through with no problem. Valen, as you go through, you being a bigger person are kind of having a little trouble getting through at first, and as you are pulling yourself across, your hand slips slightly and scrapes part of the wall, and there's a brief moment you see a skeletal hand start to jut out to grab at yours, but you move it as it kind of scrapes the dirt where your hand was, and you're able to slide the rest of the way across. But you all make your way to the other side and are now in the interior courtyard around the palace proper. How many demons are here and undead? Make a perception check. Twelve. Seven. Seven. 
21. Nissa, Akiva, you definitely notice those uh, little skeletal hands go out to try and grab at Valen, and Nissa, one almost grabbed you at one point too, so shook you up a bit. Belinda, there's a, there's a bunch of fungi and moss right around the palace itself, so you have some obstruction from other people, but you notice a few dozen uh, undead and demons. Looks like some maybe weaker demons, some some mains kind of roaming around. In the general vicinity, not like- In the general vicinity, not right by you. Phelan, there are several deathlocks that seem to be guiding some undead as they are patrolling the perimeter of the palace just on the inside of the wall. And there are deathlocks that are lining the on top of the wall itself as they are looking downwards to see if they notice anything in particular. So you know you guys won't be able to spend very long right here because uh, they are constantly searching the area. Great. So just keep moving. The music. All right. So I have a few uses of this spell, but I think some quiet is in order. And he begins to release a spell as shadows begin to engulf around all of you. And he just says, stay close. I would like new stealth checks and you can add a plus 10 to the roll. Ooh. 31. Natural 20, so 33. 37. 31. 26. Staying close. The entire group are overall very quiet as you use the various uh, limited plant life that exists in the abyss as it is to traverse the terrain, keeping out of sights of the deathlocks along the wall and many of the deathlocks that are roaming uh, on ground level. Before you approach a section of the wall that seems to be close to where the main entrance of the palace is, Demean comes up to and kind of gestures everybody to like line up against the wall a little bit so you're out of sight of the guards that are by the entrance and the guards that are by the drawbridge. And just go, it turns to the salon and elf who is the expert at traversal. You said get close. I know on the other side of the room it's just past some of the guards, so what are we doing? What a moment. So he draws an outline of a door about five feet wide and eight feet tall. After he draws the outline, he puts his hand to the center of the drawing and seems to almost like push it. And a marking of that frame just seems to carve in through 20 feet in. And there seems to be a room beyond it. Yes, you're correct. It is not very thick walls, if everyone will. And he gestures. I will let them go first. I will give Nissa Thieves Cant for show off, unnecessary. Agree. We'll go into the room that seems to be at the other end. Demean will go in first since he's done some scouting of the interior of the palace. He walks in and he looks around and he's like, okay, we're uh, lucky. Entertainment room. As he kind of gestures everyone in. Oh, joy. What forms of entertainment do we see around us? Currently nothing. There is no one here right now. Across from you, you see a uh, fairly plain wooden door on the other side of this room. Right beside you, you see a very comfortable, long couch. Uh, seems to be, you know, for resting and just watching what happens. There's a little uh, table kind of at the end of the couch, almost like someone might grab some food that is there or something to snack on. You're all standing now on a raised platform, which is where this couch and everything is. There is a... Um, a ramp that goes down to a slightly lower level of this room that ends between two columns. Each column has a series of chains, and you notice 
On the columns and on the floor are various scratches, scorch marks, and other sort of damage to the general area. Delightful decor. That's all that's in the room. The chains seem to be able to stretch both to keep someone on the column itself or maybe between the columns. Test chamber. Demilio will just say, so this is apparently the entertainment room. Um, it's kind of a testing room. They try things out here. Fun. I'll look back at the uh, open tunnel that got carved in to get here. He's like, um, so can you do that again? Like, of course, but for now. And he waves his hand and the tunnel seems to seal up once you're all in. So this will be the staging area. Uh, at this, Darwin's like, all right, well, are you sure that we're not going to be interrupted here? I need eight hours to cast this. Uh, just, this is the least used room in the palace, and it's the closest we can get to to where I believe the library to be within the palace. Almost every other place in here is used regularly. This one is not. All right. Um, and he starts to so casters begin to protect the spells on the area. Do what we can to secure it. I guess we begin. So you see him uh, from around his neck pull out the amulet of Tenebris that you had given him a while back. And he kind of situates and pushes the couch a little bit out of the way to kind of block the field of view slightly and seems to set up behind it to provide some form of cover as he puts the amulet on the ground and begins to draw some sigils. And he goes, so eight hours, looks up at the rest of you. That's the time frame you have. Demean will guide you as much as he can to get to the library and acquire what we need. Everyone else here will do what they can to protect this area as a safe haven for you to return to and we can all get out. How will we know that you've been successful? I don't want to come back until you are. We don't want to lead anyone here. Zinevir will kind of hold it. I'll cast a send it to you. It will work automatically on this plane. So, I can address you once the ritual is complete. You can respond immediately, so at least then we will know that you are still alive. Best of luck to all of you. We'll get it done. Demi just nods and goes and goes by the door, opens it up, and just peeks outside. Alright. Now or never, folks. Let's get going. Let them start. Alright. Here we go. Okay. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules is Written or check out our website, dndraw.com. And feel free to email any questions to me at dm at dndraw.com. Also subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. And please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. And I hope to see you all next time in the world of Ostia.